welcome to a new episode of the Startup Diaries podcast brought to you by Bern Sheehan, a leading technology recruitment business in London and Manchester. In this episode, we have Sarah Hess, who's the Chief Commercial Officer of Bubble. Bubble is the UK's number one trusted family support platform and childcare app connecting parents with babysitters and nannies that their friends already know, use and trust. Uh, in this episode, uh, Sarah talks us through the story behind Bubble and her background in parent tech and the challenges around building a product that has such a high trust area needed. As a parent herself, Sarah talks through how as a parent, she balanced the responsibilities of being a founder with motherhood and her experience fundraising whilst pregnant. And then finally, she talks us through Bubble's exciting new partnership with Uber and how it came about and the idea behind it. We think it's an awesome episode. We hope you enjoy it. Welcome, Sarah. Thanks for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. Um, do you want to start off by telling us a bit about yourself and the story behind Bubble? Sure. Um, so Bubble is a childcare app. It's the simplest way to book uh, ad hoc childcare, super flexible childcare on your terms as a parent. Now, for anyone who's not a parent, that might not sound a big deal. But if anyone is, <laughs> they will know uh, how big a deal childcare is mm. in their world. I mean, it's essential to being a working parent uh, and finding flexible childcare is extremely hard um, and also really essential. So uh, the way Bubble works uh, is it matches parents with local sitters and nannies. All of them have been vetted by us uh, and you can book extremely flexible, very last minute childcare. Super good for when those childcare fails happen, which um, again, as all working parents knows, they do happen quite frequently. Yeah, I mean, as a parent, you know, the idea of having someone, I guess, that you've not necessarily met, maybe coming through the door for the first time to look after your child, who is your number one priority, there must be, it's a high trust area, right? It must be hard to build that through the app. So how, how do you go about it? Absolutely. And actually, that's a big part of my career has been all around the kind of where technology meets the incredible human needs of care, connection, trust. And that's what I find so fascinating. Mm. So when we talk about our product, um, you know, whilst we're talking about the app internally, when we're talking with the team, actually our product is this incredible network of childcare and sitters that we have across the UK. And I think it's so important when we're talking all our, in all our product conversations, we're thinking about how can we make sure parents feel super confident? How can we add extra trust features? All the time we're thinking about that in every mm. kind of product discussion, like mm. how is this going to make the parent feel? Because as you point out, it's a really big deal. Mm. Booking childcare is booking the, someone to look after your most precious things. And it's also quite a stressful purchase in a num- for a number of reasons, particularly because um, what Bubble is so brilliant at is, is last minute childcare. You know, when you suddenly hear nurseries closed or your little one's not quite well enough to go mm. in, chicken pox, school strikes, school holidays, it tends to be a time where things aren't gone quite to norm. So you're already quite stressed. Mm-hmm. So everything about our user experience has to be seamless. It has to give instill a huge amount of confidence in anyone using it. And, and we're thinking about extra trust features that we're putting in that user journey all the time when it comes to kind of the onboarding that's you know the obvious stuff that's the kind of hygiene factors for us having really super tight onboarding so it's hard to become a sitter on bubble deliberately we add that friction in for for, for our sitters because we want the best sitters Mm. Um, but then we have loads of other brilliant features that um, we give to parents you know providing them a huge amount of data on the sitter, how right. many sits they've done, how many rebooks, the Q&A, the video, um, and then of course, crucially, reviews from other parents. Yeah. And we all know who we trust the most. As parents, we trust other parents. Mm-hmm. And being able to connect with those parents, ask those parents questions, uh, see their reviews, um, is really, really powerful. Yeah. So if, you're, if you've got someone listening at the moment, it's just downloading the app, mm-hmm. what's the kind of key little bit that you give to them to say just get, to get that first use because I imagine as soon as someone's used it for the first time it kind of gets them rolling but what yeah. would be the kind of 
thing that you tell them to get them using it for the first time after downloading? Um, yeah, you're totally literally right. What, what we find is people download the app and there's a, often a little bit of a lag before they first use it, yeah. partially because you, you might not have an opportunity to use it. I mean, as parents, uh, a lot of um, use cases of the app is about going out and I don't know what your social life is like since Minimum. becoming a parent. <laughs> Precisely. Um, but so we often find that and it does build, you do have to build a bit of confidence um, mm. to use the app and we totally acknowledge that. So we provide obviously loads of content and hand-holding um, but really once parents see the profiles of the sitters, they just realise what a gorgeous bunch of people there are right. ready to help their family. And that's where the kind of um, the juxtaposition of tech, you know, this beautiful, seamless app to use, and actually just real profiles of lovely sitters nearby. You know, we've got nurses, we've got nursery workers, midwives, um, students, uh, teachers, all sorts of brilliant people uh, mm. who, who are our sitter community who use the app um, to find work. Yeah, I must admit, I've downloaded it, I've not used it yet, not needed to. I'm fortunate enough that my parents aren't too far away. Very lucky. Um, however, <laughs> <laughs> there isn't, yeah, the, when we were talking, putting this together, it was the idea, I was telling you, that just to be able to drop things on a Friday night and go, let's just go for that, for a dinner. Spontaneity, or, remember yeah, that? I yeah, I, I, yeah, I can barely spell it now, to be honest with you. <laughs> not precisely. And that's really what we do. Um, and whilst, you know, what's kind of interesting about the evolution of our app, and I think kind of the evolution of how we talk about childcare, actually, as a society and in our economy, uh, is that we very much started out thinking about that kind of use case of the Friday night. But what we've moved into much more is supporting working parents and, right. um, and flexible working where, you know, we don't always know our routine on a Monday morning, how it's mm. going to be by Wednesday afternoon. And what Bubble provides is that extra layer of sort of flexibility um, for employees. Mm. And, um, and so actually we started working quite a lot with employers as right. well mm. to provide childcare as a benefit to their teams yeah. um, because it kind of makes a lot of sense in terms of return on investment if you're uh, an HRD looking at this kind of stuff. Um, you know, you can boost productivity, wellness, but retention is a huge one. Uh, mm. Something I feel really strongly about is how many amazing, amazing people leave the workforce after having kids. Uh, yeah. And helping to provide childcare can be one way to to really try and and, and um, address that that yeah. problem. Well, we'll dive into that in a little bit. Mm. But one of the things I'd love to go back to is probably more your background, because as you alluded to mm. in your intro, you've been in parent tech. That's yeah. your background. So I know. Want... <laughs> Whenever I say here, I say parent tech. I'm like, is it a word? Let's make it a word, though. Let's yeah, look, do it. It is. There's, there's <laughs> prop tech. There's yes, fintech. Why shouldn't there be parent there tech? There is parent tech. <laughs> um, do you want to tell us a bit about your background and kind of? your career in this world and becoming you know getting your way to bubble and how you've kind of landed there yeah um so i started my career in advertising which i absolutely loved um did that for a decade in different parts of the world which was wonderful um lots of amazing people in, in the ad world uh then i had kids and as usual uh was just by not an uncommon story was slightly flattened by that experience um, and um, it was really challenging having being a working parent and I, I think that's something that we should all talk about and address because it is a really tough thing to do and in my job um, I found it pretty tough going back so I decided to get pregnant again I had my second baby and on my second maternity leave um, really was able to sort of think about how to address one of the problems of becoming a new parent which is loneliness uh, and I developed an app um, found a co-founder developed an app uh, during my second after my second baby called mush which was a social app for mums all around connection right. again kind of that meeting point of where technology can really provide a solution for real human connection so it was all yeah. about how becoming a parent um, is a very challenging phase that's a whole other uh, podcast perhaps <laughs> but um, there is um, a lot of loneliness a lot of isolation a lot of overwhelm in that period and so that was what Mush was about, uh, and that's when I became a founder. Uh, and we built an app. We 
raised quite a bit of money, grew very fast, um, and were uh, acquired by Mumsnet eventually. Oh, wow. all right, okay. Um, and then since in the last three years, um, I've been very lucky uh, in helping to lead Bubble, which is um, also in the parent tech space, but obviously much more about care. Mm-hmm. And I suppose kind of follows my journey from being a new parent to being a kind of more established working parent, um, where I really understand that childcare is everything that holds my life together. Oh, excellent. Well, look, love to dive into the fact that mm-hmm. you obviously you've been a mother and then I'm a mother still a mother ah, sorry you, you've, <laughs> yeah sorry you've, your second time of being a mother yes. um, and then you decided to be a founder yeah. can you talk me through how you balance the responsibilities I mean, really, when you put it like that it sounds pretty mad it is um, and I and this is something actually that I mean, I've listened to other episodes of podcasts and I think it's such a important thing to talk around being a founder or even actually working at a startup as a working parent I think there is a lot of Um, trepidation around it Um, and actually I really believe that the startup space would benefit hugely from more working parents more working mums embracing people having a family life outside of a startup life Mm. and I think things are improving in Mm. in that space as well Um, I I really believe that actually becoming a parent has made me a much much better worker uh, and certainly made me an excellent founder because there are certain things that you learn as a working as a working parent um also as a parent i should say that you can very much transfer to your working life and there is some kind of you know ruthless efficiency that you have to have uh, as a working parent which can be really really helpful as a founder and there's loads of other things that you learn as a parent and Goodness me, it's a learning curve, becoming a parent and becoming a founder. And actually doing those things together, (laughs) embracing it all, felt like the right thing to do at the time. Uh, And actually, uh, um, I stand by that. It was a really, really important time. And, you know, of course, because it was our business, it was very much rooted in being in parenting. uh, That was incredibly helpful and made us very um, convincing and ambitious founders. Yeah, I think one of the things I learned since being a parent is just passing work that's on that isn't as maybe relevant for me anymore and empowering others to do it and just passing Absolutely. that out because it's time consuming for me and I did it because I thought I should but others would find it more useful task to learn develop whereas I'll do the more important things Definitely. and just really focus 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 that's definitely definitely yeah. because time is incredibly precious and mm. uh and I think one of the big challenges around being a a founder is is the sort of bleeding of kind of work and life mm-hmm. and that's something that I think is where you have to have loads of childcare for because you have to also not only, not only will you have your kids and your work as your two babies uh, you've also got to look after yourself as well and that was something probably I forgot along the way a few times and just finding space to be a human who is independent of your startup and of your children yeah. uh, was something that I learned was really important yeah. I'd love to sort of jump into the experience of fundraising with you yeah, because yeah. I'm imagining at the time you were pregnant as well whilst you were fundraising for mm-hmm. Mosh yes so how, how does that come across with working with the VCs because there's obviously a, a time where you can have a little bit of maternity leave I yeah. imagine it probably may not have been a longer period of time for yourself mm. as a founder as well mm. so how did you go through that process and yeah just general what was that like knowing that obviously there's this point that's going to come where there's a baby in the world yeah, that's your priority yeah, yeah. whilst also bringing money in for your business so it's like a yeah not yes. catch 22 as such but you know there's a big no, thing on the horizon fu- it's a funny thing I think it, anyone who struggle anyone struggles with early stage pregnancy and who to tell when to tell because it's nerve-wracking like you know everyone knows you know those those early weeks you're, you're, you're very worried about whether it's going to happen or not going to happen mm. um so I had 
two under two when I um, met my co-founder for Mush, um, and then I had my third baby. Will we were trying and we were raising um, our seed round, I believe. Oh my God, the timing's right. Um, anyway, there was a a very very um, vivid moment when I was very morning sick, and we had a very big LP meeting at a pretty big VC firm, and I was sick in the toilets beforehand. And actually, I hadn't even told my co-founder because I was worried that she would be worried, and I, mm. which was idiotic actually now I think about it but also you know pregnancy you know your, your hormones you can you know there's a lot going on you're not necessarily thinking in the, in the most kind of uh, straightforward way so um yeah it, it, it's it is tough but actually hilariously you know I did tell them and they were like oh that's amazing and I was like and they were so brilliant about it and everyone and my co-founder was like amazing brilliant when's it gonna be my turn you know like we would all you know so we actually it was fine but there you know I do really acknowledge that the early weeks of pregnancy you know when maybe one or two people people outside of you know about it it's mm-hmm. it's, it's nerve-wracking and you are counting the days so you get to the 12 weeks where you feel like get to that scan and feel more confident so that was that was kind of challenging on an emotional level but a short short term really because once I did tell everyone everyone was really excited and mm-hmm. I think you know I, how you manage kind of um pregnancy and having a baby as a founder is a very very individual thing and it was my third baby I I kind of I kind of knew the ropes uh, by then so it was it was um something that wasn't a challenge I think I talked to a lot of founders who are going through um their first pregnancy and their first babies and I, the main bit of advice is to say like just don't try and plan ahead too much because you really don't know how you're going to feel and that's such a kind of cliche and it's kind of annoying and slightly eye-rolly to say that but you know I, I I thought when I had my first baby I was going to take this wonderful year off and I was going to be very domesticated suddenly I don't know where mm-hmm. I thought that was going to come from but I thought I was going to find it very easy and have this wonderful time I found it so hard and I wanted to get back to work as soon as possible and and that had its own challenge because you know I felt that quite judged by by other people for that so just don't don't try and uh, you know make too many firm plans. Yeah. The kids have a real habit of like ripping up any plans that you try and create in your life. <laughs> yeah, I certainly learned that. I certainly learned that. What was it like then? It sounds like it's great that everyone was so receptive. Yeah. What was it like then? Do you think when you're raising for parent tech itself and working in that space? So I think it's fair to say that you know there are sectors which VCs are very attracted to and you know you can get meetings pretty easily in the world of kind of parent tech and i talk about mush and bubble in this um it has been challenging to talk to vcs you know it's not super trendy to talk about childcare childcare is never going to be trendy uh, and nor should it be it should be like so kind of fundamental and so basic that we should be talking about it all mm. the time but it's not a cool faddy thing mm. and it's not somewhere where there's been any innovation mm. i mean that's what excites me about bubble like we're the first people to innovate in this space God, like for a very long time. And we're talking about something which has existed since the start of time. So uh, it has been, a, has been a bit of a challenge. Uh, and I think, you know, there are, I talked a bit about the kind of pros of being a founder who is going through the kind of same experience as our users. So when we were new parents, we were creating mush and we were um, raising base as, as new parents, mm-hmm. for new parents. Um, and that does have some real positive to it because I think our belief and passion for what we were doing really did shine through and it was so authentic uh that it was kind of hard for people not to be uh not to believe in us but it was hard to get those meetings uh and you know i I, you know you talk kind of a lot about kind of gender diversity and trying to encourage more diversity and inclusion in startup space and it is it's getting there but when it comes to female founders there is a long way to go 
Yeah, no, I completely agree. We try to um, show diversity in who we have on our guests, but you know, we, we, a lot of it's actually talking about not having as well, not having people to necessarily look up to as role models as much. Totally. Um, so showing that you yeah, can do it. Exactly. Hopefully there's people listening going, okay, I can do it. I can do it. Well, maybe only on my third child. Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> no, but also I, there's something that as my kids get older, I realise that like, it's really tough. I never, ever belittle like, it's really hard. And there have been times in my career, you know, a couple of times when my kids have had really tricky moments and I've thought, I'm just, I just can't do it. I'm mm. really going to have to stop working because my kids really need me right now. And the kind of horrendous parenting cliche, but is a real truth, is that these things are phases. And I've been fortunate to work at places where I could take parental leave, yeah. look up unpaid parental leave. If anyone hasn't, that's an amazing benefit you do get, a government benefit that you get as a parent. There aren't loads of them, so look that one up. Uh, and, um, you know, I've been able to carry on. And, and, you know, you get through, but you're right. We have a massive problem when it comes to senior women in the startup space. In fact, not just startup space, across industry. Uh, and part of the problem is that, you know, we're losing so many brilliant women uh, when they have kids. And that's why we've got to look after them. And we've, you know, I'm going to come back to it. We've got to look at childcare as a massive factor there because it's not only incredibly expensive, but it's, it's often very difficult to find flexible childcare that works yeah. in a kind of an environment, like a startup environment, where you might not know you're, you're not probably working nine to five Monday to Friday. There might be, you know, um, a couple of days which are really easy, and then there might be three days which are really long, and you mm. might not know that until the day itself. Yeah, well, look, let's dive into that because I mean, the classic example is, and one of my colleagues had this last week. His son was sent home from nursery. He had to go pick him up. He wasn't very well. He had to look after him, and we. He, that didn't necessarily take the day off as such, but he, he kept an eye on things, but as yeah. obviously his attention was diverted elsewhere. Yeah, of so course, as it should be. I'm not I mean we never disagree with that. Yeah. But um but like you'll know this. Uh, and so when you have uh, a missed call from nursery, yeah. uh, you come out of a meeting, you see the phone, oh something's <laughs> happened. And actually your kind of heart sinks because nurseries tend to be a little bit overcautious on yeah. the whole. So it might just be they've got like a little scratch or a little bit of gunk in their eye or something and then mm-hmm. you and you know, and quite often they have a, a strict policy where you can't bring them back for 48 hours because something might be contagious yeah. and it's always the day you have something big planned you had yeah. a call that you really need to do and actually you've been really looking forward to and you're preparing for or, or something like that and so yes you're going to have to go and do the pickup and check they're okay but then you've got as I say like 48 hours usually yeah. uh, uh, when you, they can't get back to nursery and that's where something like bubble comes in really useful you can still work from home but you can have a sitter there cuddling them on the sofa reading stories or taking to the park if they're well and all that kind yeah. of stuff and that's when you can be like thank goodness i can get on my work and the the stress is hugely alleviated knowing you have that kind of backup yeah. uh which is why i really believe that employers should take some more responsibility for providing that kind of backup childcare. yeah so let's again let's dive into that as well so i know you've recently launched a partnership with uber Yes. of all, all businesses, pretty big brand. And you've obviously looking at this as a as a, a benefit for employers to offer to their employees. So can you tell us a bit about this and the idea behind it as well? Absolutely, I'm so excited about this because Uber um, are such an enormous company and actually a company which I've been, as I've been working with them, really learning how much they actually really care about their drivers mm-hmm. and how, um, you know, they, they acknowledge they've had some kind of wrong turns in the past and they haven't always been perceived as being excellent, but they really are trying to change things. And what we're doing with them is actually providing childcare for their drivers, mm-hmm. uh, which is amazing because what I hadn't really thought about before is that, of course, the most lucrative times to drive as an Uber driver are like the times when you just can't get childcare. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, evening shifts are, you know, when you're going to make the most money and, of course, what nurseries open then. Um, so we are working with them to provide hours of childcare for their 
for their parent drivers. And I was talking to one the other day, an incredible woman called Tanya, she's got three kids, she's a single mum. She lives near Heathrow. She wants to work 4 a.m. till 8 a.m. Right. because that is when she's gonna make all her money. She can make, if she does that shift, then turns off her Uber app and then she has a day with her kids. She's also studying. She's like a superhero yeah. person. But, um, she, but anyway, and it was just really, she's so liberated by the fact she can work her hours, she can have the childcare for the hours that she needs and, and, and that earns her uh, enough money to look after her family. And I just, it was an incredibly inspiring meeting and to see how, you know, what the ways of working have changed so much over the last few years. And obviously the COVID has been a huge catalyst to this. We need to think in a more innovative way around childcare and how we support our employees. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested, how does it kind of come about the partnership with Uber? Because startup, Knocking on the door yeah. of Uber, probably not the easiest thing yeah, to I mean, do. Yes, <laughs> we all know how hard sales could be. Yeah. Uh, and so the Uber, they actually approached us. Um, we, um, I can't remember, you know, we'd met at some event a few years ago. You know how these things happen, you know, that's why I always think you've got to get out and go to networking events. I know not so many exist anymore, but you'll have a conversation and, you know, it might take years, but something, that little spark will mm-hmm. come back and will be a positive influence in the future. Um, so they knew about us. I think partly because when we launched Bubble, um, you know how VCs and journalists love a kind of buzz, catchphrasey thing. Uh, we were often called Uber for babysitters. Okay. Now we sort of hated that because it was like, wow, that's terrifying for parents because it sounds like some random stranger is yeah. going to arrive on their doorstep, <laughs> which isn't the way that Bubble works. But you know, everyone loves those kind of catchphrases. So that was probably one reason why we we made a connection uh, in the past, but but on something totally different. So um, and then they approached us because their parenting group had said um, so they have a, as, as lots of big organizations have a kind of parenting carers group and they'd um, done a survey said, what's the biggest barrier mm-hmm. to you getting more work and bear in mind Uber have a real focus on getting more female drivers um, and the biggest barrier easily was childcare yeah that's interesting that's good. at least you know those businesses are starting to think about it it's so really good it's really exciting and I think you know even when we look at the kind of government looking at it differently as well with the spring statement this year mm-hmm. you know, childcare is finally being acknowledged as a big part of our economy Perfect. Excellent. Well, look, last two questions we always dive into on the podcast. Uh, first one, what has been the biggest challenge in your career to date? Uh, I think I touched on it earlier. I think the biggest, it's, you know, being a working parent is a big, big challenge in its mm. own right. But when your kids um, really need you uh, and you do feel very, very conflicted, that's been by far the, the two times that's happened to me and it's been tough. Mm. But what I've learned is that you can go through it. And actually, these times do make you stronger. And being a working parent does you know, on the whole, make you a better employee or leader. Awesome. And then finally, then what one piece of advice would you give to someone who's either who's looking to join mm. a startup or start their own business? Because you've done both. Yeah, and I want to put a kind of slot of being a working parent on this as well. I know mm. I feel like I've said the word word working <laughs> parent a lot this this podcast, but um, I really would love to encourage more working parents, particularly working mums, not to feel put off by startups. And part of that is confidence. Uh, and I want working parents to know they are brilliant possibly the best type of employee because they will get stuff done, they're efficient, they pick their battles uh, and they know, you know, no nonsense, like you say, and they know what's right for them and and can be far more kind of, let's say ruthless or brutal, they all sound quite negative words, but I think they're kind of important in a startup environment. Mm. Um, So yeah, I'd love to try and see more working parents and and particularly working mums in the startup space. So don't be put out, off about it. What you think might be weaknesses are actually your biggest strengths. Yeah, I think that I remember reading, there's a business up in Manchester called Tech Returners that is mm. about helping working mums in particular 
well, mom's come back into the workforce mm-hmm. after maybe taking a few years off. And I think, I can't remember the exact stat, but it's hundreds of thousands of people a year that are lost from the workforce because they become working moms and then also, sorry, become moms, take yeah. the time out and then actually lose confidence to return to the workforce. And I think that's a massive, you know, we talk about DNI and tech, like we're crying out for people with not yeah. just women, but people who've got different mentalities or thought ways of thinking about things coming into the workforce and attacking solutions in a different way to you know the typical person who would join a startup absolutely and look we could do a whole podcast on the whole yeah. returners thing because yeah. it's really important and mm. it's a massive loss to our economy yeah. uh, particularly startups actually but, um, and there are things we can do about that but uh, yeah i would say like if you are you know returning to work after that first maternity leave or paternity leave um is important and it's really really hard it's really expensive but you've got to think of childcare as kind of part of a long-term investment in that in that situation yeah perfect we'll, we'll wrap it up there thanks for joining us sarah i hope you enjoyed it thank you it's been great